So once again, we have to open another one of our podcasts talking about a team that I don't even really necessarily like talking about all that much. The Pittsburgh fucking Steelers. The once greatest 11-0 team of all time or worst 11-0 team of all time, whichever you want to look at it. Again, making news with another fucking loss. This time to, I mean, straight up one of the worst teams in the league. Let's face it. Um, so they go from 11 and 0 to 11 and 3. Um, I was looking up the stats on this today. This is not just, you know, a couple losses in a row. This is a historic collapse by a once great team. So Marcus, obviously, you know, you're a Steeler fan. I want to get your take on this. What is going on right now with the Pittsburgh Steelers? You know, obviously there's an abundance of bullshit going on. Um, you can, you can never really compensate for injuries, but yet you have to figure it out um i uh, i can't talk enough about how much i dislike mike tomlin and not that he's not a good coach but he's not a great coach like everyone makes him out to be right um he, we finally got the tomlin special he's 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 good for it every single season uh at least two three games that they lose um you know it is what it is you know worst case scenario you know we're gonna win the division win a playoff game but uh and that's in the worst case. I, I still have confidence in my boys. Uh, you know, actually, that's always going to have faith in them. Not really the worst case scenario, but we'll go over that in a second. <laughs> uh, I mean, you guys were running away with the division. All of a sudden, it is a little bit of an issue. But I did some research on eleven and O teams, and it's actually pretty insane. So here, here's here's the stats on eleven and O teams. Um, prior to this week, there have been exactly 11, 11 and O teams. Um, out of those eleven teams, five of those teams have won the Super Bowl. The 72 Dolphins, the 85 Bears, the 91 Redskins, the 98 Broncos, and the 09 Saints. So pretty overwhelming right from the get-go. Out of those 11 teams, four of those teams made the Super Bowl and lost. So that is nine teams that have gone 11-0 that have won or gone to the Super Bowl. Pretty insane right there. Uh, Only two of those 11-0 teams were one and done. The 05 Colts uh, and the 2011 Packers. So uh, the most interesting part about these stats that I'm rambling off to you right now, not a single one of these teams, not a single one of these 11-0 teams has ever finished with less than 14 losses. And that includes the 72 Miami, uh, Miami Dolphins, which obviously went undefeated, um, including a 14-0 regular season. So right, that right there, I mean, to me, it doesn't speak about, you know, how... Mike Tomlin or anything like this. It, to me, it just speaks to the fact that the Steelers were kind of overrated to begin with. Well, you know, yeah, kind of overrated. There's definitely kinks to, you know, figure out. But let me just, they're, they're kind of like my golf game. No no one wants to hit it, hit the fairway, put it next to the pin and tap in for birdie. No, you want to go off the woods, hit the cart path, chip up, and then double putt, do a two putt for bogey. Um, I, I'm I'm really at a loss. They need to just not be so cute, right? They're right. man, they're throwing the ball way too much. But the problem it really starts with the offensive line. Uh, a couple of key injuries there early, um, lacking a little bit of depth. Even which is funny with Steelers lacking depth at linebacker because that's what they draft every single season, right? Um, it's not as concerning to me. Um, obviously, there's got to be concern. Three losses in a row, but it's nothing that I'm not accustomed to. Uh, you know, maybe they just like theatrics. Remember, they're the first number six seed to win the Super Bowl as well. Right. True. Well, you know, what's interesting to me. I, I think it's a lot more about, you know, what just what we're talking about. To put it all in coaching, I think it's ridiculous. 
Um, I think if you were to put it on coaching, you have to put it on the offensive play calling, which, like you said, it's just been atrocious. They've essentially just bailed on the running game completely. Um, I get it. You know, the running game has not been going well for them, but you cannot bail on the running game altogether and expect to have success, especially when you have a 37-year-old quarterback, you know, hucking the rock. To me, the biggest issues are you guys are dropping like flies on the defensive side. Uh, You've lost two of your best linebackers. Just huge losses. You know, these aren't minor role players. These are key cogs in this Steelers defense that they lost. Uh, So that's that's huge in itself. And this last game, I mean, you can say a lot about, you know, the, the Washington football team loss. You can say a lot about the Buffalo loss. To me, this loss falls firmly on Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, he's, he's going to have to take the blame. Um, you know, maybe they just felt bad. They, Ryan Finley went his entire career, two-year two career so far <laughs> without a win, so they wanted to, him to get his first one ever. Congrats, guy. Um, still a clown. Dude, um, how, how weird-looking is Ryan Finley? He's a very off-putting human being. He's got those big joker teeth. They're right? kind of terrifying, really. Uh, we made a lot of memes about him. Um, he's a guy that when you sack him, he's smiling. Like That's creepy. You can't trust a guy like that. Uh, that's terrifying in itself. But uh, other than that, what is with the Bengals' obsession with uh, ginger quarterbacks? <laughs> you, you think they would have learned. Uh, you know, Carson Palmer had a slightly good run with them, uh, blew out his knee. Uh, obviously, Dalton had some fair years, but just never really produced. Uh, I, I, I Honestly, I, I think everyone should just quit on ginger quarterbacks. That's my personal biased opinion coming from a Penn State fan right. that always seems to have ginger quarterbacks that can't throw the football. Um, it's one of those things where just like me see receivers can't catch a football, you're like, you can't even throw the damn ball. How are you getting your entire tuition paid for? Right. Um, so, man. Tough-ass schedule coming up for the, the Steelers. It doesn't get any easier, and that's really the biggest issue uh, is they had a cake schedule kind of leading up to this point. They had to take care of business the last three weeks. They did not. They are firmly out of position for the number one, uh, you know, place in the AFC playoff picture. I think we can all agree on that. But, yeah, I mean, the Bills, you can forgive them for the Bills loss. Washington football team, the Bengals, now they have coming up Colts. And then they finish off with the surprisingly good, really just surprisingly really, really good Browns. And they have, and and it pains me to say this, man, they've actually looked really good the last three weeks. Like, just wins, losses, they just look good they should have taken Uh, the ravens game um i mean to be honest they should be pushing you guys next game for the for the divisional spot but um all you gotta do it's crazy with everything that's going wrong with the steelers all they gotta do is take care of business the last week of the season beat the browns that's the only win they need left to win the division well if they they win this week they win the division as well right um but but it's gonna really start up front offensively you know you've seen a lot of quick passes and a lack of deep throws and and obviously the run game's really been struggling, right? But it's because the offensive line is struggling bad. That's why they're not throwing it deep or trying to, you know, just a straight up shotgun throw it deep. You know, they're they're trying to get play action, get guys moving because they're they're really struggling up front, and that's that's definitely the weakest point because the defense is still surprisingly playing very well even with all the injuries. Um, you know, so they're not giving up a ton of points unless Pittsburgh's turning it over on their own side of the ball. Um, but you also got a feel for them, man. I think Pittsburgh, had, well, they had no first downs this last game in the first quarter, and, and that's just been a repetitive thing for the last few weeks. You have you have to move the chains to give your defense a rest or they're going to be gassed and die right. at the end of the game. Sure. Well, let's shift it over to another huge story from this last weekend. Um, I like to call it the beautiful disaster because it really is what it is. Uh, the unlikely rise of Jalen Hurts within the Eagles organization 
Um, it's funny because as good as it is in a lot of ways, it's terrible for them and so many others. Uh, so Jalen, Jalen Hurts, you know, a lot of people doubted him. Uh, he was actually, I believe, the fifth quarterback. He was the fifth quarterback taken in that draft um, behind Jordan Love at the end of the first round, but went off last week. 338 passing yards, uh, three touchdowns, 102 a quarterback rating. Uh, since his start, you know, halfway through the game a couple weeks ago, He's gone from, you know, 167 yards and a pretty unimpressive first start, but over 100 yards rushing. Um, and then this last start, 338 yards through the air, three touchdowns. You called it, I got to admit, Jalen Hurts. What do you think about this guy? And, and is, is he the future of Philly? Well, God, you, you know I love him. Um, love them, love them ever since, you know, how he handled Tua coming in. Like, like that, that's asking a lot of a young guy. I think he was 18 or 19, 20 at the time. Uh, just a great character guy. And and remember, it's not like he's had a cakewalk for teams. New Orleans plays really good defense. Green Bay plays really good defense. Uh, some some quarterbacks have struggled against Arizona, but they love giving up points. Um, very, very balanced guy. But, man, he's just – he's someone who definitely plays with a chip on his shoulder. But kind of like we were talking about earlier, man – what a terrible scenario for all other than Jalen, all parties involved. Like this is the exact opposite of what happened to for Tim in college. So it's kind of nice to see it go full circle. Yeah. Um, but man, what, what a mess. Like there's really, it's a terrible catch 22 to be in there. There's no way to get out of this mess. Um, breaking this week is that Carson Wentz wants out. Now this is not confirmed. People keep addressing this. Like it is confirmed at this point. It is a rumor but if it's true, it creates an even more ridiculous situation for the Eagles. Like, the Eagles, I said it to you earlier, the Eagles, Eagles are fucked. They are so fucked. There's no way out of this mess that's clean unless the in the very unlikely event that Carson Wentz truly wants out so bad that he decides to restructure this contract, which it already looks like a terrible deal uh, from the team's side. So why would he do that? It would be such a gamble on his part, given his past health, and everything like that, to get out of this contract, which includes so much guaranteed money. They cannot trade Carson Wentz without, I think it's like $60 million worth of dead cap space. And so 20 next season. There's yeah. really no way out of this that is clean. Uh, what do you think the Eagles should do? Well, you have to ride Jalen, man. Uh, you, you bite your bullets. Um, and, and maybe not necessarily ride him. Um, you know, he's, he's still a rookie. There's going to be some pains. I think you just got to get your team in the best position. But, you know, if he finishes strong, go, he's got to be the starter going into next season. Um, you know, the worst case scenario, they have a, a former pro bowler who was on pace to be, you know, MVP before he got hurt as a backup. Um, and, and, you know, that could be a good wake-up call for him. Um it certainly obviously was for Marcus Mariota. Uh, you know, he took it like a man and he went to, he went over to Vegas and man, he played his dick off too. Um, <laughs> but I think, but you know, these, these rumors are coming through ESPN. So there's gotta be, there's gotta be some truth to it in some sense, uh, which is a terrible look for Carson because you want a guy like that on your team. Oh, I'm not the starter. I'm just going to cry like a little bitch and get out. No, uh, own your contract. Um, you know, even if it means helping Jalen, learning from the bench and, you know, maybe get, just getting your head right, getting, getting out, of, out of being cocky um, and so confident and, you know, maybe do all the little things right and, uh, you know, try to rebound your career. Yeah, they're, they're completely fucked. Um, there's no way. I, I think personally, I think the Eagles leaked this information to put pressure on Carson. He probably went to complain to Peterson or somebody. Um, and they immediately leaked that information to put pressure solely on Carson Wentz because now all of a sudden Philly hates him. 
That's a bad city to be hated by. Um, out of all the cities I want to be hated by, Philly dead last in terms of being on a sports team. I mean, this guy, he's not going to be able to walk on the sideline without having a beer thrown at him if he, in fact, you know, is, is, is sit, sitting on the sidelines next year while a guy that's being paid, what, one-tenth of what he is next year and, and just base oh, salary? Um, it might be less. Yeah. While, while guy is out there lighting up the field. But – Will Jalen Hurts really light up the field? I think we're seeing a little bit of a flash in the pan. Um, I worry about his longevity. I worry about him getting figured out. Um, Again, the biggest worries of him coming out, they didn't think he was going to be a great downfield passer. He's got a lot of similar skill sets as Lamar Jackson, um, but I don't know that the Eagles organization are good enough to put him in the position to win like the Ravens are with Lamar Jackson. Um, so I, I don't know. I really doubt his future personally, but I do agree with you right now. You've got to ride with, with Jalen hurts. You have to, you have yeah. no other choice. Yeah. You prepare him as a starter, uh, and you know, just see how it unfolds. It, it could go either, um, either way, but you're seeing the potential that's there and right. the potential is fantastic. Uh, you know, the funniest thing to me was as soon as, uh, as soon as I saw Carson Wentz once out, uh, I was just thinking about his career turning a dog shit and him becoming being on the like NFL network as an announcer or, you know, analyst or whatever. And on the bottom, it says Carson Wentz, Super Bowl winner, just like on the, <laughs> like David Carr, you see it all the time. Yep. Yeah. He won a Super Bowl, but you can't put that damn tag there. Yep. They, Cause if they, if you keep doing that, you got to put Dan Orlovsky, Oh, and 16. I wish they would do that. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Or uh, even more terrifying, Bill Belichick, eight time Super Bowl winner. <laughs> um, so when I, when I look at uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, the first thing that pops to mind is how bad does the Jordan Love pick still look for the Packers? Because you have Jalen Hurts. He, he's already like a starting caliber quarterback in this league. Jordan Love, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's still not even second string on that team. Uh, first round pick, they burn that pick. Um, just absolutely awful. Uh, considering the guys they could have gotten at the very end of that first round, uh, receivers, whatever, um, how awful does that pick look now? Well, it was it was it was awful then. Um, it's it's not like Aaron Rodgers is showing any signs of depleting, um, and it and it's real. It's it's actually worse than the situation was when Brett Favre. At least Brett Favre was flirting with, you know, I might be done this year, I might be done in a year. Okay, let's prep. Aaron Rodgers like no, it's my team. I'm gonna rock everything. Uh, it was terrible. Jordan Love really did nothing spectacular in college and playing what Utah State. Yep. great competition down there. Um, and I'm, you know, you always got to be somewhat skeptical um, of some of those uh, gimmick offenses, especially when you're playing against, you know, bad competition. And now that I pull it up, yeah, Tim Boyle is the number two quarterback. Tim Boyle uh, in Green Bay. Yep. So that's ridiculous. But you know, just looking at this draft class, you know, Burrow, uh, obviously Hurts. You got Herbert. I mean, it's it's a ridiculous draft class. It, it's been a running theme these past few years. 2019, Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, and Dwayne Haskins, obviously possibly two busts there, but Kyler Murray, an exceptional talent. Uh, 2018, Baker, Darnold, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. So many great talents coming out these last few years, transcendent talents. Oh, and it's it's funny, because, well, it's not funny, but it's, it's the end of an era in a lot of ways. Ben Roethlisberger might not be playing next year. Drew Brees might not be playing this year. Brady will probably outplay Mahomes in his career. Uh, but, but we are <laughs> likely, yeah. we're seeing an end of an era of great quarterbacks. Then we've kind of been spoiled, but it just as they leave, we're being replenished with all these greats. I mean, how amazing is the Mahomes Herbert rivalry going to be to watch over the next ten years? Oh, you could. It's going to be for over fifteen years. Um, 
man, th- those guys are just so exciting. Um, I will say I, I really wanted Pittsburgh to draft Hurts in the second round. Um, but anyways, done backtracking. I love that guy. Right. Um, there's what is making the like these quarterbacks so good. Um, you know, obviously the the stereotype or the, the thought pr- the thought premise. Uh, years ago, was if you draft a quarterback in the first round, you're not drafting him to play in the first year, not maybe two years. Yet you, you had time. Now they're like, hey, guess what? You're gonna play. Why are these guys? What what, what makes them so like transition so fast? Like the, the not even just the elite ones, but the good ones. They're picking it up. They're picking it up fast, and they're putting up good numbers. Obviously, the turnovers are there, but they're, all these guys have been playing well for the last five years, even dating back to uh, you know the Winston Mariota draft. Yeah, I think it's a strengthening of the lower leagues, and I'm not just talking about the college level. You look at some of these high school teams, and they're already running pro-style offenses in high school. You know, uh, they, the, the practices are more intense. Um, they, they've know, they know more. You know, trainers know more. There's more money overall in, in the sport. So I think, you know, over time, uh, sports like that, they're just going to continue to replenish these ridiculous talents, and we're seeing that in the NFL. You know, a lot of people were talking just a few years ago about possibly the NFL dying out because of the CTE one, you know, the, because of the CTE concerns, um, mm-hmm. things like that. It's, it's the exact opposite. I mean, if there's this much money, there's always going to be talent in it, and I just think that over time, it seems like talent just gets better and better. Because, you know, in the early 90s, there were, what, like 4 billion people on the, on the earth? Mm-hmm. And now there's like 7. There's more people. There's just so many more factors that are going into it. But I think the biggest thing about it is that, you know, at the high school level, these players are being recruited by Catholic schools and whatever oh, yeah. to go in. And they're, they're ready by the age of 18 to, to start and be great in, at the college level. Look at Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, oh, yeah. he's, he's going to come into the league next year and light it up. Um, oh, yeah. And Arch Manning is going to come do the same thing, more than likely. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait to see the next Manning product. And, you know, like I said before, I've, I've come to appreciate just, like, the greatness that I get to watch in sports right. more and more as I get older. Um, you know, in, like, in the 80s, I'm sure everyone was like, no one's ever going to be better than Montana. And then it goes, no one's ever going to be better than Brady. And Mahomes is already here. And you're like, holy shit, like. Can you just imagine like how high this mountain could possibly go? It's it's just so much fun to watch. It's unreal. It really is. Um, a, another guy that's unreal, Derek fucking Henry, man. Uh, I I tune in every week. I didn't watch the Titans game last weekend, but uh, I do tune in to watch his stats. Not only because he's on my fantasy team, but I just want to see if this guy's going to hit another two hundred yard game. At this point, any two hundred yard games by this freak of nature, it's all gravy. He's already broken the record. He has more 200-yard games than any running back in NFL history. He's 26 years old. So he has not even hit his prime as a running back. He's big. He's bad. He he has the greatest stiff arm in NFL history. I, oh there, there, there's a lot of things that you can argue about him. You know, what makes him so great? It's that stiff arm. So, he, you know, his lankiness coming out of college, it was kind of looked at as a negative. It has been such a positive because what he can do, he's got that big core that big body and he can use his arms to just straight up keep players away from him because he's so much stronger than them. I've there's never been a six, three running back that has run like this guy in this league. He's unstoppable. He's beyond impressive. But I think for me, what's most impressive about him is uh, obviously there's big collisions, but because of his lengthiness and he's, he's shifty enough, but so fast, so underratedly right. fast, he avoids a lot of big hits. Yep. Um, and, and because of his just sheer mass and size and strength, he's able to just keep going. And, and he's the, like the epitome of getting stronger as the game goes on. 
Sure. No one else. No one wants to tackle that guy come third, fourth quarter. It's a tough. So he's only 321 yards away from a 2,000 yard season. Um, I don't think they're going to do it. They got to play the Packers and the Texans. And if the Titans are smart, they're not even thinking about that at all. They shouldn't be. It's kind of an arbitrary record, anyways. It's not like he's going to break the all time. He could, but he's not going to. Um, so what? What do you, what do you think? Should they try for it or? Oh man, it is so tough, uh, and I'm so torn on this. Honestly, and I'm sure this is going to be the unpopular opinion, but I think you definitely base it on how this Green Bay go- game goes because you have to win. Um, and I know we're gonna we're gonna talk about some playoff implications, but that could factor into it. This game, um, yeah. Why? There's been seven running backs, seven guys. I think seven, maybe eight ever that have hit the 2000 yard mark. So it's not even necessarily about getting the all time record, but man, if, if this was his last season ever, ever, if he never played another down, he's, he's forever engraved is like one of the, you know, one of the few guys that hit that mark. So yeah, I'm all about it. If, if it's realistic come week 17, give him 50 carries and just destroy Houston. So his stat line is hilarious to me. Is six sixteen seventy nine rushing yards, 15 touchdowns, and only 19 receptions. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen touchdowns so close to receptions. It's funny. That's one of my favorite parts about him is as good of a running back is, he's a very flawed player. It, when the Titans are down, they actually remove him from the game script entirely because he's a terrible receiving back. So he's kind of a one-trick pony, just like the Titans are. He fits that offense so well, though. Um, it, it's, it is bizarre. I don't think there's a single offense that he'd be doing this uh, besides the Titans. But it works so well with Tannehill and the rest of that those weapons. I mean, they found a way to just leverage him to, his, to the best they can. Oh, they, they definitely started building around him. Yep. Um, you know, yeah, you know, Vrabel loves that pound game. Like, like he loves it. That's his style. Um, and yeah, he is built for it. Um, but you know who else gets pulled out in passing situations? Fuck you, Josh Jacobs. Uh, yeah, dude, Josh Jacobs. A disappointing year for him for sure. But um, yeah, so uh, another incredible guy that's having an incredible season is, of course, uh, Justin Jefferson. Um, who I can't say enough about this guy. Obviously, I'm wearing a Vikings jersey uh, this week, and I'm wearing it proudly because we're losing finally, as we should, because this team, even if we made the playoffs, they're not going to do shit. But Justin Jefferson, um, I've not seen a trade work out for two sides quite like that Diggs-Vikings trade. So they trade Diggs to the, the Bills. He's having, by far, statistically, his best season of his career. He already has he already has 1,300 yards receiving. Um, he clicks with... Uh, uh, God, why am I speaking? Uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen so well. Um, he, he, honestly, I could see a, a sort of back and forth developing between him and Allen, like you see with Devontae Adams and Rodgers. They really are that in sync. Um, he's third oh, yeah. in receiving yards. He looks in- incredible. But then the Vikings take that first-round pick that they trade him for, and they just reload Justin Jefferson, who's like a, a exact copy of Diggs, except for I think he's going to be even better. He actually I reminds me. I think he is better for he, sure. He reminds me a lot of Devontae Adams. He's dominant. He gets separation. Uh, he runs perfect routes, perfect routes. Um, and at his age, it's really unreal to see. Uh, they get him for five years. Uh, you could say the Vikings won that draft, but man, the Bills are rolling with Diggs. So, um, or that trade. But so, what do you think about that trade? And, and what will Justin Jefferson break the receiving record? I, I have to think he will. Um, when you have a, especially when you have a team here that uh, is out of contention, uh, man, this New Orleans game is going to make it tough 
I'm trying to see who Minnesota plays week 17, but I think it's a pretty easy game. But truthfully, Minnesota, even though they're not uh, eliminated yet, they're they're eliminated. Like it's there's got to be like a one percent chance that uh, that they come in. And you know, no matter what he does today or uh, was on Saturday game, uh, they got Detroit week seventeen. Right. Honestly, throw him the ball forty times. Like you get, then you have the top two NFL records. I I, I don't care about the AFL. That doesn't count to me. Right. Um, I, I love the I love him. I love what he does. I you know. Obviously, I don't get to watch all the Vikings games, but the ones I do, he's one of the players I like to to see what he's doing away from the ball, not just when they're throwing in the ball. Um, I love everything about it, man. It's, it's, it's one of those rare, like everyone like wins and wins big. And he's doing it with very few uh, targets. So if you look at all the players, he's eighth right now in receiving yards in the NFL. Uh, If you look at every player ahead of him, he's doing it with far less targets. So it's impressive. He's having one hell of a year. I got to admit, I kind of whiffed on him. I, I thought it was a bad pick at the time. It is, man, it is what a great wide receiver class just overall. I mean, C.D. Lamb, once he actually gets a quarterback, quarterback, he's going to be great. Um, I still have not given up on Judy. I think he's going to be excellent. I really do. Um, and, yeah, just overall that draft class just looks fucking dominant from start to finish in that first round. Yeah, a lot, a lot of good rookies, and it, it's it's refreshing to see. You know, I, I know we've had a, quite a few years. Well, not you know, obviously the first-round duds uh, when you look back in time, but uh, just not many, like, big guys just coming out making plays as rookies. So it's, it's definitely – fun and refreshing to see. So I want to talk about a topic that I know is near and dear to your heart, which is strip clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, strip clubs are in the news this week, uh, starting with Dwayne Haskins, who, man, if you're Dwayne Haskins, did you watch his game last weekend? You called it. He's a fucking bust. He's never going to be anything in this league. Um, he seems to be shitting away his career like Johnny Manziel, except for he was never even as good as Johnny Manziel. So um, out of all the the... Ohio State quarterbacks that came out, I thought he was one of the worst. Uh, but I still thought he was going to have a decent chance. But he gets caught in a strip club after his terrible – I think it was before his terrible performance. But what the hell was this guy thinking? <laughs> There's something about demeanor and just actions and things that guys are doing off the field. Um, it's not like he has a – he had one season, and then he's just talk shit going into the I – I hate, I hate when guys, uh, A – get bit bitch that they get drafted in the top 10 in the first round. Like, right. And they, they wanted to go higher. Uh, but then they don't, they, they don't like have any actions like off the, like they're not, they're not known for studying. Like you don't have guys coming in like, wow, this rookie, uh, he's really busting his tail. He's a, he's first one in last night. You don't hear that kind of thing right. about those guys. Uh, so, and you know, I'm, I'm big on, I'm a big character guy. Um, I'm, I'm very much relishing watching him fail. Uh, yeah. He, he looks horrible. Um, he's out. I mean, he's already getting it outplayed by a one-legged man in Alex Smith. Um, he just looks terrible and lost when he's in there. But the other guy that's in the news right now for strip clubs is James Harden. Now, this this shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. Harden has always been a strip club guy. I wrote an article about it uh, where, you know, if, if he's going to another city, then the five strippers from the local booby trap are going with him. Um, and he's always done this. But going into this next year, this next season where he is number one, unhappy in Houston and number two, they're not going to have the bubble situation that they had last year. What do you think about this? And so James Harden, he comes in this season. He wants to, he wants to be traded. He's like 50 pounds overweight or 30 pounds overweight or whatever it is. Um, what do you think about that guy? And it, I, I think it's hilarious personally. Well, I think that he needs to stay away from the strip club buffets. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that'll pack on pounds fast. 
Uh, maybe maybe that's the story behind his beard. He likes smacking it off ass cheeks while he's throwing dollar bills. <laughs> um, you, you know, the, the guy, he wants out of Houston. They built everything around him. So guess what? You, you, you think that you're going to go somewhere and everyone's going to build around you again and it's going to work? Right. No, they, a whole franchise built around you and you couldn't make it work. Sure. You were best being the sixth man when no one knew you were going to be there. Um, and that was the only time he was good with the Thunder behind Westbrook and KD. So that there was a quote in the news this, this week. I think it was actually from Houston. It was like, if you have a kid and you give that kid everything they want, uh, you can't be mad when you take it away from that kid and they throw a tantrum. Something like that. Um, but that's exactly what they did with Harden. They brought him in. They, they made him the guy, even though he clearly wasn't. The guy, is, he's bad in the postseason. He's just one of these regular season guys. Um, and he's never going to be anything beyond that. Like you said, he started out as a sixth man for Oklahoma City. And he was great in that role. And he's a great scorer in the regular season. But, man, guys like that, they always fail in, in the postseason yeah. every time. Yeah. Just not, not, not working hard enough, I guess. But, you know, just not clutch, man. And some people have that gene, um, like Michael and LeBron. And say what you want about LeBron. But some guys just don't have it, and they just will never win. Marcus, do you know who's currently leading the NFL in receiving yards? Oh, um, you know, I actually did not until today. Um, it's very surprising. Uh, not the name, but he's not. He, he hasn't really been like he's had a couple few like couple big weeks, but he hasn't really been like um, announced as well as he should be because he hasn't found the end zone too often. Mr. DeAndre Hopkins is leading the NFL in yards, and yeah, with that system, uh, he has another hundred yard reception season. Um, he's gone from good quarterback to good quarterback, but this guy is obviously just great. Um, I don't think he's even been all that healthy. He's pretty much been on the uh, injury report every single week. Uh, what an amazing guy, and what a fucking terrible mistake by Houston. Oh, they, they will never, ever, ever, ever live that down. Um, they won't, and they shouldn't. Ever. The fans good, good, job, good job, Bill O'Brien. Yep, Bill O'Brien. It, it, it's funny how it only takes one guy to come in and just crash your entire organization like Bill O'Brien. <laughs> he, he was the GM yeah. too, correct? What's that? He was the GM too, correct? Yeah, yeah, what? and uh, and that was that's something you can't do. And uh, I think it's it's might be starting to show, but no matter what, New England did everything right, so deal with the eight and eight season. Um, but yeah, that's that's those are two positions that really need to have two different guys, uh, even if they're collaborating, they have to have two people. Uh, another you know. Patriots uh, coach, another guy from the Billichek tree, just comes out and crashes. Uh, it's 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 really weird to see. But a guy that is not crashing, Brian Flores. Another win last week. Uh, Tua, you know, Tua, it is what it is with Tua. Um, he's doing his thing. I, I think he has a lot of development to go, but the Dolphins just keep winning. Um, what, what do you think of the Dolphins, man? And can they do anything in the postseason if they make it? I cannot rave enough about Brad. Every, honestly, every single time I'm on a podcast, I find a way to say that he should be coach of the year and he should have been last year. I love the guy. I love his demeanor. Uh, you want to talk about a true players coach, but someone that will actually fight with him um, and not try to just trip guys on the sideline. Um, Brian Flores has done an exceptional job uh, last year. That team was so bad. They shouldn't have won as many games as they did. So bad. Um, and the, the, they did well in the offseason this year, but I think, you know, I think what's going to be the biggest thing for them is remember they have Houston's number one pick next year. Yep. They Miami has a chance with, especially with the depleting salary cap, 
to make make some real noise in the next five to ten years. Um, that that that's the most exciting thing, you know, outside of Pittsburgh for me in the NFL right now. I can't believe I'm even asking you this question, but gun to your head right now, who are you taking, Jalen Hurts or Tua? Oh, I'm I'm going Jalen. Really? Yeah, man. Uh, I I hate lefty quarterbacks. I don't know what it is. It's so weird to like watch. It. They're so weird to watch. It's it's so weird. Um, you know, even back in my video game playing days, I I wouldn't play with Vic because I don't like lefties. Oh, um, but I I, I like Jalen, man. Uh, it's that's it's my guy. I'm rooting for him long, long, long time. If you weren't playing with Vic and Madden 2002, I have to assume you were losing a lot of games. That guy was a god in that game, an absolute god. Un, un, I, I would literally quit out of games if anybody if anybody picked that the Falcons that year. I would I would just quit out of games. It's on. on. Nah, man. I was just throwing it up to Moss. <laughs> All right, man. So uh, we got the uh, the Jets. Uh, another huge story from this last week. The Jets get a win in the most unlikely of fashions. I mean. They've had some close games, but to beat the Rams, I mean, I, I said on our last podcast, and I still think it, weirdly enough, I, I, I might actually think it more than ever, but I do think the Rams are going to go far in the NFC champion, or the NFC playoff race. I think they may even make the NFC championship game. I really like them from top to bottom. What the fuck happened in this game, though? The, the Rams actually scarily remind me of Pittsburgh, man. You, you have some very, really good talent on both sides, uh, specifically on the defensive side, and shit just is not clicking on offense. And you, they lose to two of the three worst teams in the NFL, uh, literally two and three. Um, just inconsistency, and it's it's inexcusable, but it also it gives you a good reminder that it, it is the NFL, man. It, it's really any given Sunday. But I think the coolest thing was Frank Gore uh, at the end, yeah. man, because – you really didn't want to see him go out like that. He was uh, 88 years old, and he's like, I'm going to go party at the club with the boys, man. Oh, yeah. Probably had a three-day bender, and he earned every second of it. Oh, uh, dude, they, they they came out swinging. So I was actually listening to the game on the radio. Uh, the, the Jets defense came out, and it, it was exactly like the radio announcer said. It looked like the Jets defense was a Rams defense. They came out hard. They Say what you want. Teams are not tanking. It's not a, it's not a thing that happens. It really is not because if you're Adam Gase, you're coaching for your life. You're coaching mm-hmm. for your NFL life. I mean, he wants to be a coordinator next year, so he's already interviewing for his next job. Guys <laughs> like that are not losing. When you're on that team, when you're on a player, you're literally the laughing stock of the league. You want oh, yeah. so badly to just go out there and prove everybody wrong. So the whole tanking theories, you know, I've never bought into them. Um, especially when it's the same coach that started the year, and you know he's getting fired. That's a foregone conclusion. If not, the Jets are even dumber than I thought they are. But, um, yeah, they play for their lives. Give it to them, man. That, that was a gutsy win, and they played harder than they've played in the last two years. Yeah, you know, they've, had, they've had a couple competitive games, and but they're just not talented. They just aren't. Like, everything there is a mess. It's going to take a while, uh, which I think it's important. I know a lot of people are saying it's – kind of bullshit they didn't want them to win uh but honestly i don't think you can pick up anyone on tinder if you're on an 0 and 16 team first off uh, <laughs> second like not everyone is a hundred percent can't miss right uh i love justin fields but for me i think it's actually more beneficial for them um even if they don't get justin fields because sam darnold is still serviceable but man, you can you can stack up some picks, and that's really what the Jets need, other than just a quarterback behind a terrible everything else. You think Justin um, Fields is still coming out this year? Oh yeah. I don't know, man. His stock is plummeting right now uh, within within draft circles. Um, 
he hasn't had enough time on the field. He's had some really bad games this year. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think Justin, we might see Justin Fields again next year unless he has some crazy bull performance uh, that comes out of nowhere. But he has not looked all that great this year. Well, he got hurt last game. Uh, and, you know, he had one game against IU with a couple picks, a couple of wild freak That was picks, a terrible but, game. That was a terrible but, game. But, you know, guess what? It happens to everyone. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Sunshine. He's got plenty. He's got plenty of bad games as well. Sure. Um, it's, part, it's part of the growing process. But, yeah, I'm and I'm back to the character thing. I love Justin Fields, man. Uh, ever since us, ever since QB one, great character guy. Um, until I hear otherwise or see otherwise, um, I think he he will be the best quarterback coming out next season. I want to talk about the game of the week from last week because, uh, man, I think everyone kind of thought the Saints were going to get steamrolled, um, and at the very beginning, it did look like that was going to happen. But you got to hand it to the Saints, man. Uh, Drew Brees, what I mean, how much respect do you have for Drew Brees for coming out in that game? Like unreal, and then having the performance that he did. Uh, have you ever broken a rib? No. Dude, it's the fucking worst. I, I broke my rib a couple of years ago. You can't shit right. You can't laugh. You can't breathe without feeling that shit, let alone 280, 300-pound guys running after you, wanting to crush you. Um, and they they're do, aiming for your ribs. Oh, they're definitely aiming for, for the ribs because it's a very good chance that they could play them in the Super Bowl, and they would much rather be playing Taysom Hill than Drew Brees. I can tell you that. They brought in Drew Brees specifically in that game because they knew with Taysom Hill, God bless him, great tight end, great backup quarterback. He's not a starting quarterback in this league. Um, he had some great performances, but in the end, he cannot survive a shootout against the Chiefs. Um, so I, I do admire Drew Brees so much. I mean, first of all, he kept his pads in the entire game. He had a collapsed lung. We've talked a lot about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, this performance is something else. For him to actually go into a game, 12 bro- broken ribs. I don't know about you, but after I heard 12 broken ribs, I had to Google how many ribs are in a person. <laughs> I, I honestly couldn't tell you. <laughs> yeah, so just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but that game, man, I mean, the Saints The Saints really, even in a loss, I, I, I feel better about the Saints. Yeah, I mean, you know, you talk about a team that's also fighting adversity, man. Uh, they're depleted, too. Uh, missing an all-pro receiver, um, albeit overrated, but all-pro nonetheless. Um, you know, obviously a banged-up quarterback who's also aging. They get it done, and they they, all, they always have. Um, you know, they probably should have had at least one more Super Bowl, but it's, you know, every, Super Bowls aren't hard to come by, are not easy to come by. Yeah. Um, great team. Uh, still, I think the – best all-around balanced team in the NFL, and I, I, I stand firm on that. Oh, absolutely. They, they really have no weaknesses. Uh, they, they're, they're, they have the best defense in the NFL. Uh, don't at me about that. It's a fact. If you look at their stats, they are just ridiculously good. Uh, with Michael Thomas, they're losing games of the Chiefs with three by three points uh, with a beat-up quarterback. They have the Vikings and the Panthers to kind of roll into the postseason. Um, I, I honestly think they should consider starting Taysom Hill against the Vikings. Uh, and you know, it, I, I, the number one spot is fading for them. Uh, I think at this point you need, just need to focus on the postseason. They're going to get that first round, uh, home game at least. And I think they can take care of business, uh, in, in green Bay in the NFC championship personally. Yeah. And truthfully, I think that was, I think that's a big reason is why they put uh, Michael Thomas on the IR. They're like, Hey, listen, we, we know where we're going to be at. Just get to a hundred percent. Cause we're going to need you. E- even if it's just put, you know, defenses are still going to have to account for them. But um, yeah, I think you have to win this week. Um, And, and then it's, then it's going to depend on what happens in the green, green Bay game, but they should roll again. 
Um, but yeah, I think they have to go and handle business on Saturday, get the extra rest, and then then they're they're resting on week week seventeen and getting ready for a, a wild card game at home. Sure. Well, let's talk about some more playoff implications. Uh, the AFC cha- the, the AFC race is, is it's kind of gone at this point for the Steelers. Um, any chance they can fight back and capture that? There still is a, a, a small chance that they could do that. I think the Chiefs yeah. have to lose out pretty much. Yeah, so there, there's a, quite a few games, actually, um, that have like implications on both ends. Uh, Green Bay, Tennessee's one, one of them, which is huge um, because – you know, Green Bay wins. They're the number one seed, and then then New Orleans can definitely do nothing. Uh, it's kind of sucks for them to have to play on Saturday, um, but it's big for the Titans because you know Colts are moving in to Pittsburgh, who's struggling. Uh, they lose. Colts win. I, I think Colts win the division. I'm I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure they do. Um, or not? They they almost win it. Sorry, because they'll have but they'll have a game up week seventeen, and I think the Colts have who they got week seventeen. Um, oh, a very tough game in Jacksonville. So yeah, this is this, it's a must win for Tennessee. Right. Uh, it's a must. It's a must win for both of those games. Uh, Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh Indy. Um, but here's why. Well, if, if Minnesota, so if Minnesota upsets New Orleans, Green Bay doesn't have to play the Titans, and that could almost you know it's 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 there's a lot of implications on, in both conferences starting on Saturday. So some of these teams could be preparing to win on Sunday, specifically the Packers, and not even have to show up. Yep, and honestly, I never put it past the Vikings to upset uh, the Saints. They have dominated them over their entire franchise history. They are 23-12 and 12, uh, against the Saints in their entire lifetime, including five, count it, five postseason bounces. Um, yeah, especially with Case Keenum, a quarterback. Yeah, dude, it's, uh, you know... It's, it's, it's ridiculous, but no matter how good the Saints are, and you know what, on the exact opposite end of that, no matter how good the Vikings are, those teams always, have always battled it out. Um, it's a great rivalry, to be honest, especially in recent years. Yeah, it's one, it's one of those hidden ones that you don't like necessarily think of um, as like, oh, these two teams hate each other, just find a way. But yeah, there's historically good games that's been in the last five, six years. Sure. Um, but uh, we got, man, Rams, Seahawks. Uh I I almost think that the Rams are going to blow the doors off of Seattle. I think I, they will. I think they I, definitely I, will. I, you, you know, I love them. Uh, you love them too. And uh, coming off of a loss to the Jets, Beat, you're going to you, now beating McVay these days. It's a bad thing, man. It, it he he has a very Billichek like vibe for him, just in the way that he comes back so strong. Um, he's just such a talented coach. Uh, that team is so talented. Uh, the only team that's more well rounded or about as well-rounded as the Saints, to me, is the Rams. Um, I'm, they, I'm right with you. They really have very few weaknesses on defense, on offense. Um, their offense is surprisingly good with, with Goff. Imagine what they could be doing with, like, Patrick Mahomes. It, it always amazes me what McVay can do uh, with these talents. And, uh, yeah, I still love the Rams going forward, and I think that that Jets loss is only going to make them more angry going forward. Oh, yeah. I, I almost, I'm almost worried for Seattle. Um, and, yeah, and that, that's another, you know, Big, big implicator, man. What if Seattle, because Seattle finishes against Arizona. So, you know, what if Seattle falls to 10 and 6, man, gets like a 6, 7 seed? Uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Sure. The, uh, the NFC West is awesome. But uh, I think what's kind of fun uh, is normally in the AFC East, New England's already almost locked up the division, one seed almost. And Buffalo and or Miami both, like, fight, find weird ways to win uh, to kind of slow it down. Uh, even though they already lost the division. 
Well, guess what? New England is playing the exact opposite. Week 16 and 17, man. Uh, Buffalo, Miami. Uh, or sorry, they just lost to Miami, but uh, but they got Buffalo. I mean, wouldn't it be a good spoiler for them? Oh, if, if you don't think Bill Belichick is trying to blow the doors off the Bills, which it is totally within the realm of possibility that that could happen. Nobody, oh, yeah. Nobody has dominated the Bills like Bill Belichick. The only guy that has dominated them more is, is Tom Brady. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, you know that that's a game. It's only a one end, but uh, you know, big playoff implications, man. Everything is really going to take shape. Uh, just about you know, seal its fate here yeah. at the end of this. It's weekend. going to be an exciting last few weeks of the season. Um, we got you know the the added playoff spot. It's only made the NFL better, in my opinion. They need to keep that and keep it rolling. Don't expand it anymore. I like the one bye week team. It makes it just that much more of a battle at the top. Um, I love everything about the way that the NFL has changed this year. Um, and even with the COVID and everything, it's just kind of made it a little bit more wild. This has been a great NFL season, even though my team's not in it. I've just enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, um, it's it's actually been one of the more fun ones I've I've just experienced as a fan. For so sure. It's been, it's been pretty sweet. All right, buddy. Well, I gotta. it's time for me to go get drunk. It's this close to Christmas. But uh, so I got to ask you, uh, what are you doing for Christmas, and what, what's your favorite thing to do in Christmas besides just get shit faced? Honestly, I wake up with a whiskey and coffee in the morning, uh, yeah. and whatever happens from there, usually just driving around or uh, not driving, being driven around. Yeah. Um, you know, just seeing family that I can't stand and watching sports. I know we got a who, who we have on Christmas. None, no football, just bowl games. Yep. Bowl games is the fun thing to watch. So, uh, how about yourself? What do you got going on? So many great drinking holidays. I think Christmas is like tops. Um, everybody's back home, kind of like Thanksgiving. Uh, you got, and for, for me and my job, everything shuts down around this time. So, yeah, man, I'm just going to go get plowed. Um, I'm going to enjoy it and I'm going to eat a lot of food like I do during every holiday. Yeah, get, get hammered, eat some cookies before dry January. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, buddy. Well, let's close this down. From all of us here at the Sports Memory Podcast, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night.